Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. recording so so am i oh my god well <laughs> jesus every time you say you're ready and you're not actually recording i lose a year off of my life <laughs> i sometimes i do it just to annoy you so how does that make you feel it's working you're <laughs> <laughs> i have irrational angers <laughs> i get and you mad also by have a rash, things and but let's not hey, talk about it come on <laughs> don't like weave conspiracy theories about me <laughs> i'm just gonna start rumors about you yeah so. don't spread rumors what the fuck <laughs> i mean you edit this Mac so album. come on get out of here isn't this podcast just an elongated fleetwood <laughs> mac album let's we be honest wish we wish we could have the cultural relevancy and poetic genius oh. of a fleetwood mac album oh i remember seeing a tweet that was like y'all get so mad that fucking Stevie Nicks is a Gemini, and I was like, <laughs> I've never been more proud of my sign in my whole life. Yeah, that's a good one to have. Fuck. Listen, I just want this podcast to go down in a landslide, but it's only been a minute, oh, so. Here we go, fellas. We're back. <laughs> back in the saddle. <laughs> oh, welcome into the Twilight. It's all been a landslide since episode <laughs> yeah. one almost a, just a consistent landslide <laughs> a three-year landslide yeah yeah just slowly rolling down that hill you know just yep a landslide since november 2016 you know what i mean fellas yeah. <laughs> am i right ladies <laughs> <laughs> oh god fuck cody how the hell are you doing i'm cold same (laughs) i feel that on a metaphysical level (laughs) i know it's in your bones but it's very quite literally all around me and my surroundings because chicago decided to just be i don't know antarctica do you think it was for the frozen premiere this is always one big fucking Disney marketing ploy. I'm getting yeah. so pissed. <laughs> so furious. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. it was, if you yeah. really think about it. Right. Listen, we don't know all that Disney knows, Mr. Disney knows, because <laughs> he's got a lot of, he's got strings in all types of places. I'm sure yeah. he's got all the weathermen and the meteorologists just on a fucking string. <laughs> As someone who opened up Disney Plus for the first time yesterday, I can confirm that Mr. Disney has his fingers in all them pots. Yeah, you know? too many. Too many of them. It, one could almost say it's a monopoly. One could very, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like we're in a terrifying entertainment landscape uh, because everything is just a conglomerate. And things were conglomerates before, right? But not like like this, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, Welcome to Into the Monopoly, uh, where I tell you all the times that I have gotten too competitive and I am no longer allowed to play Monopoly around people anymore. 
That is probably for the best. Yep. <laughs> I played Monopoly so long once that I got a cold during it. <laughs> but that might also be because of my compromised immune system. So <laughs> zero days, uh, folks. Zero days. <laughs> you keep running it back. Running it back. Oh my gosh. If that isn't like the foreword to your memoir or something, just like the opening quote. Because yep. that's who you are as a person, like down to your core. Yep. I want to bottle true. that sentence up and just like save it for for a rainy day. <laughs> it's just so Me potent just and perfect. Hacking up a lung <laughs> because I'm too competitive while all yeah. just will not stop playing Monopoly while Moving also your just fucking thimble like across the goddamn board. Yeah. I did play with the thimble. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I just loved it. It spoke to me. Uh, this podcast is not about Monopoly, but isn't it? Isn't it about people taking control of other people, though? Listen. Isn't it? Jury's out. Isn't it about people thinking that they're having a good time when they're really, really not? <laughs> yeah. Speaking Absolutely. of, everyone shut up. Hey. Yes. Everyone shut up. I was supposed to bring this to the podcast like two weeks ago i watched good time hell yeah and it was really sad yeah it's a sad flick i got played <laughs> by all the pizza advertising yeah and all the funky hair right the and then it was posters. just me <laughs> crying in the club yeah and i feel like i got tricked Right, for sure. Because, A, the marketing was very, we're having fun. We're doing crimes. We're just, we're being bad boys, you know what it is? And then you're like, oh, this is, oh. And it was just Robert Pattinson being very bad at crime. Yeah, being very bad at crime and very bad at being a person. Yeah. In general. Um, yeah, rough movie, but great. Very rough movie. Yeah, rough stuff. But I'm glad you're finally into the fold, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we talked about that, like, a very long time ago, but I finally watched it. Yeah, proud of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, that's a thing. Also, update, I don't have a popsicle today. Um, I'm just very cozy. (laughs) I'm under a lot of blankets as well. Snug like a bug in a rug. I am a bug in a rug. (laughs) I'm always a bug. (laughs) I don't even want that to be my text tone. I want that to be my voicemail message. <laughs> <laughs> Just use me. Somehow I want my voicemail to be Claire disassociating from <laughs> less Bon Appetit making perfect. Yeah. Nobody talked to me. Yeah. Whenever you try to just call me, I want that to be <laughs> visible. Huh. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's yeah. Okay, so today is a a celebratory episode. After 26 long weeks, we are finally done with you. Good fucking lord. But we have bad news, which is that (laughs) we somehow fucking stumbled into a trilogy. (laughs) And our dumbasses didn't know it. (laughs) We are... I, I feel bamboozled. I feel hoodwinked. I feel so tricked. I... How did this happen? How did we do this? I feel like the dudes from Home Alone. Yeah. I feel like Macaulay Culkin was like, come on into my house. There's no problems here. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's a it's a very apt metaphor for this podcast of us just being the burglars from the Home Alone movie. Literally. I think that makes a lot of sense. God damn it. Anyways, I'm just gonna bask in like the celebratory nature of this of like right. we We're finally finished this. The excitement. We're happy. And we'll just figure out the dread later. It's yep. fine. <laughs> Deal with that when we get to it. A.K.A. me in college. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll just figure it out later. That's a future me problem. Yep. That's not a me problem now. No. Speaking of which, we have so many good current events to talk about today. Yes, dude. Um, starting one. What? Yeah. Starting with one um, is something that you screamed about so much on Twitter that I <laughs> felt it in my bones from across the country. It just that I so intensely. I woke up with a start like, oh, God, there's something on our Twitter I need to know about. And I looked and I also screamed. And that was what, Cody? <sighs> the Variety Actors and Actors series is back. Yes. The 2019 season. And boy, we got Robert Pattinson and Jennifer Lopez shooting the shit, being delightful, uh, just gabbing like gals. And it's so, uh, it's so good. It's so fucking good. It's so beautiful. Yeah, there's gorgeous photos, too, which are just so delightful. But the video is very good. They're just so charming. <sighs> I didn't I didn't know that I needed those two jaw lines next to each other. Right. It's like they're so hot and powerful. All the combinations this year have been like, at on first glance, you're like, what? But when you're there, you're like, oh, of course. Of course Brad Pitt and Adam Sandler are just going to shoot this shit. Of course. Yes. Because isn't Case due with, um... Shia LaBeef? Shia LaBeef, yes, of La course. Bo- <laughs> La LaBeouf. La Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, yes, that's Oh, correct. my God. I don't who's, know if it's out yet. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. No. Um, who's coming out with his own movie, yeah, if it's not already out, which looks so good. It looks really good. I oh, my God. I can't wait to just cry my eyes out. Yeah. In that. Fuck. Anyways, this is amazing. Um, I love that J-Law was like, what? Nope. Um, <laughs> that Jenny on the block, thank yeah. you, was like, I want to play Batman. I'm Batman now. And Robert Pattinson was like, uh, yes, actually. <laughs> uh, my bad. My mistake. Actually, you are my job. <laughs> <laughs> so... Fuck, it's so good. The most <sighs> important bit of this that shall not go unnoticed on this podcast is Robert wants to be a ballerina. <sighs> Somebody cast this man in a dancing movie Please. and let him dance his little hearts out. He says, mul- I his think multiple there's hearts, a ballerina please. inside me. Here's my pitch. My pitch. My pitch. Yes. Please. Swap. Please, please give Jennifer Lopez, Batman, Yes. please give Robert Pattinson, Made in Manhattan. Okay. But the maid now is a dance instructor. Okay. Let the boy dance. 
Here's here's my pitch, if I may. Please. Sharks. <laughs> you hear me out. Step up. Okay. But with Robert. And you think he's going to be like the Channing Tatum, I'm a street dance kind of guy. No, you're mistaken. He's the classically trained ballerina dancer that isn't fucking down with these new hip hop and all the whatever of the shit of the Step Up movies. Sure. And that's that's it. And then someone else is there and they fall in love or whatever. And it's great. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Or, and this is my last pitch, and it's a dual pitch, Sharks. <laughs> so if this you don't- This is a two-for-one deal. This is a two-for-one deal. So if you don't like the first one, don't worry, because you might like the second one. Robert Pattinson in Uptown Girls. Yes. Or Coyote Ugly. Both have possibilities for dance. Okay. I'm glad you brought up Coyote Ugly, because I was going to bring up Magic Mike. Very- uh, Either one, great. Similar sensibilities. Similar sensibilities. One makes me cry because can you imagine Robert Pattinson (laughs) doing a reprise of Can't Fight the Moonlight? Oh my god. (laughs) I would literally die because cue me growing up watching Coyote Ugly all the time. Yep. Just singing Leanne Rhymes like my little country self. Yes. Oh my god. But Robert Pattinson doing his own, yes. like, oh my god. Sharks, okay. hear us also, out. Also, one, just one last one while we're packing on dance movies. Sharks, just hear us out. Just sharks, one more. <laughs> before you go, I know you're walking out the door, Sharks. Showgirls. Sharks. Sharks, please. I need Robert to be like... <sighs> You know, take on, I guess, his stripper dancing to the Vegas stage and be covered in rhinestones. That's all he wants. That's all I want. Gina Gershon is still there. You cannot take her out of that movie. She's important. (laughs) You can change anything else you like. Wow. But that's a perfect movie. Hollywood. Come on. I'm, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but do I need to write my own fan fiction? (laughs) Yes. Is this growth? Like, I don't, Wow. 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 Also, another shout out to just how Jennifer Lopez calls Robert Bobby. That's very good. Bobby! Bobby. Bobby Pattinson. Bobby Pat. Oh. (laughs) I love it so much. Yeah, that's good. Thank God. Also, just a quick heads up for how excited I am for Charlie's Angels. I will have seen Charlie's Angels by the time this comes out. I will be dead by the time that you're <laughs> listening to this. Um, and the podcast there, will be over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And there was a video that came out about Keisu talking about the representation that we should be expecting to see in mm. Charlie's Angels. And I just the red carpet Keisu talking about like how giddy and excited that she was about, like, how she felt entirely represented, and it made me very excited to see this movie. Cody, you have seen this movie. Sure have. And I don't want to hear anything about it. No. Because we're going to talk all about it next week, um, but I'm I'm very excited to see it. Hell yeah. So, we've got a couple more things to talk about this week for our current events, but the big kahuna is... <laughs> the big news this week is that you is coming back. Finally. The TV show you is coming back. So we got the, we got like a quick teaser trailer. We got the promotional images 
finally got a release date. We finally got a release date. It's coming out on Boxing Day, so the day after Christmas. And so I wanted to hear, since we've, we haven't really talked about this, but I would like to hear on air your thoughts on the, on the images so far. You know how I feel. I know. You but, know how I feel. <laughs> but I, I know, but I want to hear it recorded. The promotional image for season two of You yes. is literally a carbon copy. Literally. <laughs> The fucking unfaithful boyfriend meme. Yeah. Like, sh- like every part of it. There's a girl in the front, and she's a little blurry and out of focus. And Joe is in the middle, looking at her. And then there's what's-her-face, fucking in the back, totally in focus, looking at Joe, all judgy. It's the same fucking concept art. Like, it's, I can't believe, like, whoever was designing this... Like, that was the mood board. That was just their only frame of reference. They were like, yep. well, it's gotta be this. It can only be this. I, it, It's baffling and also so brave. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is strong. Yeah. Um, that is for sure. Um, I will say, just immediately off the bat, Joe looks about 20 years older. Oh, for sure. He looks like a haggard man. <laughs> he looks like he aged like presidents do after, like for those before real. and after photos. That's what he looks like. I will also say, and this might just be because of the editing, but his head looks like Jimmy Neutron level. <laughs> so much bigger than his body. And I'm I think so he confused. He just has a big head. He's just got a big old noggin. <laughs> But yeah. he looks like, his head looks like a balloon. Like, it looks inflated. <laughs> like, Joe looks like he's about to float away. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone. What's happening? We lost Pentecni. <laughs> just went to the sun. <laughs> he floated away. I will say, after reading these chapters, which we will get to in just a moment, um, I'm very interested in the, in this season two. Like, yeah the destination right and it it makes more sense Mm -hmm. a little bit on like where this season is going i will say yeah um so i'm i'm intrigued to say the least also i kept forgetting that crystalia was in it and then i saw the like promo teaser and i was just like oh fucking i gotta look at this guy for like another season of television right yeah i'm wow Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. So two more things and then we will actually get to our work for today. One, I forgot to mention by the time that this comes out, um, Chris and Stewart will have been on Hot Ones. Hell yeah. Which, wow. Um, the, the media junket that she is doing, the promotional work that she's doing for Charlie's Angels is beautiful. Yeah. Perfectly tailored to our interests as well. Yes, exactly. As if we we did not need any more reminders that for us specifically that she is going to be like in a movie that we need to see, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Right. Um and then I, this last thing is something Cody that you brought to my attention. <laughs> and I was under the impression that it was something that happened recently. <laughs> And then um, about 10 minutes ago, you <laughs> made it apparent that it happened 
almost 10 years ago. <laughs> Can you elaborate on this news item, please? And thank <sighs> you. Listen, we don't like to, like, dive into politics here because this is a safe space. Yes. Um, but this is the one and only exception because current Democratic uh, presidential candidate Amy Klobuchar, um, also currently a senator um, of Minnesota. Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Um, back, back in 2010, at the prime of a... Uh, the Twilight movie boom, uh, <laughs> asked her representative, or tried to at least, uh, if she was Team Edward or Team Jacob. At 6.33 in the morning. Yeah. Um, and it's haunting. Yes. And I'm, But I'm so glad it's real and that we get to live in that universe where that happened. Yes. But it it's, also does well, mean we are in the bad place, which I think we knew, but, like, this is just confirmation. Yeah, we knew that. This is icing on the cake, you know? And when she asked that, Cody, what was the response? Just real quick. <laughs> Elena Kagan says, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't. Because, <laughs> listen, the clip is, like, 40 seconds long, and it's just packed to the brim with cringe and beauty. And for the, that, almost the entirety of that 40 seconds, Amy Klobuchar is just talking about how Twilight came out and that she took her daughters to go see it and it was great and she's just, like, having a good time and she's trying to relate. And then Ali Kang is just like, no, nah, please stop. Please, mm, I'm going to shut this I, down mm, real quick, I, actually. Mm. <laughs> shut yeah. this down. And it's everything to me, personally. It is... The it is me trying to talk to you about Twilight, <laughs> and you just yeah. being like, "I wish you wouldn't." Actually, yeah, I wish you wouldn't. Wish you wouldn't. <laughs> okay, two questions, and then we will actually, for real though, read today. The first is our patron Rebecca, who asks, "Do you have?" And this should have been our first fucking clue. Do you have? <laughs> do you have any predictions for season two of You slash Hidden Bodies? What? do you hope happens and what do you really not want to happen? Listen, I know Joe's not gonna die. Well, do yeah, I wish now, it were true? Yeah. Could I not just hope and hold on to that one one glimmer of hope? Right. That Joe just gets curb stomped or something? Or gets his nuts bashed in? Yes. That is, that sounds great. Um, that, that sounds amazing and lovely. Um, now that I realize that he is, he's, he's got himself Christian grade and he's going to be around for the long haul. <laughs> right. Um, that fucking sucks. Yeah. That's a hardcore bummer right there, folks. Um, so prediction is that he's gonna keep killing women. Yes. Um, it's probably gonna be a new woman each book. Yeah. What I don't want to happen is that... Okay, here's what I don't want to happen. Um, he... At the end of the last chapter, he finds someone... And is like, ooh, this is my person. I don't want him to stay with that person. Yeah. Um, 
I, if he ends up getting, and my, the other thing I don't want him to happen is I don't want him to go back to Karen Minty. I'll say that. Yeah, that's not great. Um, so if he's going to do that, um, well, I, I don't want him to kill people either. Um, what I do want to happen is that I would, the TV show mentioned, right, like there's, there's the ex who like haunts him. I want to see that in the book. Like, I'd like to see that come to fruition. Yeah. Of, like, sure. seeing his psyche start to, like, really break down. Right. Um, I, I would be interested to see how that manifests in a narrative format. Right. Because, like, what's the point of using this narrative technique of being inside this guy's head and, like, trying to sympathize with him or, like, get an understanding of whatever his psyche if you're not actually, like, going to get into the stuff that's, like, breaking his brain? Right. You know what I mean? Like, he... It's... Not just, like, a chapter aside where it's like, oh, here's his girlfriend. It's fine. We, it's cool. I'm totally fine with it. And then never discuss it ever again. Yeah. Like, in the show, it was very direct where it was like, this woman is, like, haunting him in his brain. Yes. And that's, like, part of the whole weird fucking bad cocktail that is Joe Goldberg. Um, but, like, the book is so, like, focused on things that are not, like, really affecting his psyche in that way and there were never any parts in the book where i felt sympathetic for him no and and i can't tell well and we'll we'll get into this i too when we talk about the book but like i i think that the point is that we're supposed to (laughs) um and whereas in the tv show I think that the audience is supposed to feel sympathetic at times right. or at least start to, like, understand. And I think that right. that definitely plays more yeah. in the TV show because you start to see where his psyche is breaking down. Right, yeah. And that just better attempts at trying to humanize him or, like, peel agreed. back the curtain in the show in the way that it's told. Yes, and I think that that comes through, right, because we see, oh, I also want Paco. Yeah, give of course. Him, if he's going to move to a different place, then give me Paco. Give me something that attempts to show that there is some humanity to this character. Yeah. So, okay. Um, next question is from Kelly Beck, who asks, um, in what ways is Joe worse than an actual vampire? All the ways. Like, literally. All the vampires we've talked about, for the most part, besides, like, the objectively evil ones, mind their fucking business. Right. And even the ones that are, like, bad and kill people or whatever, they mostly mind their business. Yeah. They sometimes delve in and do stuff, but it's in, like, very orchestrated, whatever, professional ways. They got a routine going on. They fit whatever. But, like, fucking Joe is just inserting himself into people's lives and then killing everyone around them. Right. For no good reason. He's not even eating them. He doesn't even need them for sustenance. What the fuck no. is up with that? No. I I just, I think about someone like Carlisle, uh-huh. who only takes what he needs. Right. Who, when... Does not turn someone unless he absolutely needs to. Right. Who asks for consent from, like, 
when he does need to change someone and is, is able to, like, asks. <laughs> yeah. Um, versus Joe, who will, like, does none. None things. None of those things. It's just takes their, takes Vex tampons and things like, it's just like, no, gross. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Just take a, <laughs> take a broom and just like, get away. He's gross. He's gross in all ways, I would say. Ugh. I don't like Joe. He's gross. Ugh. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. He's gross. Okay. So, we are officially in the last three chapters of this book. Let's fucking finish this shit, baby. Last week was that they had sex. Oh, yeah, the vanilla ice cream thing. Yeah, the crime. <laughs> the Yes, the sex crime. Okay, so chapter 51 starts, and they're asleep in the cage. Joe is like, oh... I'm so tired. Um, and at some point he like actually like gets up, stretches, goes to the bathroom and he starts like, oh, he like also takes both Da Vinci Code books with him. Um, cause he's a criminal. <laughs> he's a thief. <laughs> um, and he's also, like, amazed that all the books are in the same place. He's like, oh, they survived the earthquake of our orgasm. Come on. Yeah. He's amazed and horrified that when he switches on the bathroom switch that both the light and the fan turn on. And as if that is not, like, I would say a pretty fairly common practice Yeah, in older most... places. Yeah. That seems like a pretty, gen- yeah, pretty standard. Pretty standard engineering thing. Engineering situation. Yep. Pretty normal, I would say. Um, but he, I don't know. He does this thing in the bathroom. He laments and like goes on about how much he hates Facebook, and he's like, "Oh, I should probably get this because I want to start a relationship with you on there." But like, it's so <laughs> awful, and I hate it. But it's complicated. But it's sad and grotesque because everyone does this truth is thing and, ugh. Uh, is it humanity to... just a nightmare and <laughs> social media is just the tool <laughs> that perpetuates that nightmare? Yeah. He's gross. Yes. In um, an alternate universe is Joe Goldberg, Mark Zuckerberg. Ew. Just think of, um, just think about absolutely. the types of people they are. Because <laughs> Facebook was started as that, like, that rating thing, right? Sure was. Sure was. So absolutely yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely yes. Thank you for feeding into my crackpot theory. Yeah. Um, so Joe's in the bathroom, I don't know, taking a shit, pissing on the sink, I don't know what he does. Um, <laughs> Being a barbarian. <laughs> Yeah, being he's treating it like a gas station bathroom. I don't know. Um, and he's doing he's having major thoughts in there of like, I don't know, Beck, are you gonna move in with me? Am I gonna move in with you? Are we gonna stay in New York even? I don't know. Um and he's like taking a shower. He says this or he thinks the sentence anyway. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> 
Sorry, I just like <laughs> threw my voice. Yeah. I do that Very sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to. Like, I get so angry, I have to throw it from Washington to Chicago. Like, I just need to sometimes. Um, so, well, it, the problem is I needed to because I had to read the sentence I am sad to wash off you and the vanilla ice cream. But then again, I'm excited to soil myself anew with your sweat and your cum, your oh. juices and your saliva. Joseph. So you can see why from Washington to Chicago, I need to, to like throw it. You just so. had fucking like prisoner sex with your prisoner wife. Wife? Yeah. <laughs> your prisoner wife that's locked in your fucking bookstore basement. Yep. What the? Get a grip. What the fuck? Yep. Yeah. Your prisoner wife who you poured a Starbucks latte into a bowl for so she could drink it like a cat. And just slurp it. Yep. Yep. So, he is just like, oh, everything's perfect. I just stole books. Everything's great. He turns off the light and the fan. And this is when he hears his prisoner wife screaming at 4 a.m. to get out of this bookstore. And this is the part where he does my one of my favorite lines from this chapter where he's like, whoever called New York City that or whoever called New York the city that never sleeps didn't work at Mooney rare and used. Damn. <laughs> and he's like, it's like 4 a.m. No one's around. And so he's quiet as a cat. His words, not mine. And he sneaks up on her because the lights are on and she's so close to the window that she doesn't notice, I guess. Um, and he just like fucking takes her. And she kicks. He doesn't care, I guess. Yep. Lost. And whatever sliver of humanity was left in Joe Goldberg has left the building. Oh, yeah. Just now he... itself out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all gone now. Yeah, um, gone. This is a robot man. Oh, yeah. It's all gone because this is the part where he says now that he's, like, held her as she's kicked and stuff, um, her muscles relax and she is, quote, his new doll, Sad Beck all caps. And so now that she doesn't fight him anymore, he kisses her neck, um, but she doesn't want his kisses. Hmm, I wonder why. Mm, Um, Hmm, weird. And so, of course, like, she's begging for forgiveness. um, And this is my least favorite part, um, where he's asking her, like, what happens now? Um, and she's, like, begging and being, like, I'll just disappear, or being, like, I, I won't say anything, like, it'll be fine, I won't tell the, the cops, all this stuff, and he's, like, you're saying the wrong answers, (laughs) um, and it's all, like, super sad, and. You're supposed to want to be with me. Yeah, it's awful. It. It just, it's sad and terrifying, and um, she's, like, telling him, like, you don't want me. You think I'm, like, this dreamy, manic pixie dream writer girl and all this stuff of, like, 
I saw you at my reading, but like you don't actually want this um, and all this stuff. And he keeps being like, just stop it. Like, you don't don't say these things I don't want to hear. Yeah. Hey, sh- 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. trying to maintain the fantasy alive in my brain. And that's the thing is like he keeps getting more upset as she is like trying to tell the truth. Um, right. And she's like. It's okay. Like, I won't turn you in. I'll never go to the police. Like, it's all my fault. Just, like, let me go. But he doesn't. Um, and the gross – well, I don't know that it's the grossest part, but this is when it gets pretty gross is of him being, like, so you failed the test. <laughs> um, and he decides that the only way to punish her for – saying the, quote, like, wrong answers and to make those wrong answers go away is to just squeeze those wrong answers out of her. Just, like, some really cool violence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, like, really sick, sick violence. Yeah. And so he's all, like, the best way to help is, like, he's like, I am helping because you need an exorcism, a rebirth. Um, and that's like the audiobook doesn't say rebirth, it says rebirth. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's so creepy of this idea that, like, I'm just gonna squeeze these bad ideas out of you. I'm that's just gonna how sh- that happens. I'm just gonna shake the devil out of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, because it's Joseph and he doesn't have a concept of like consequences. When he just squeezes too hard, um, he's like, oh, you're not breathing anymore. Weird. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting when my actions have consequences. Right. I guess I'll just think about reality bites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. What? Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. In the movie. Right. <laughs> In the movie... When Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke were doing their thing, this didn't happen. And in Closer, (laughs) Natalie Portman, in the movie, she does... (laughs) She gets hit by a car, but, like, in the movie, you don't see that. So, like, it doesn't really happen. But now, like, you're dead and, like, what's happening? Yeah. And so he's thinking about this for a really long time. And then Beck just fucking, like, snaps out of this unconsciousness and just just goes at him. Yeah. Which yeah. I love it. Do- this doesn't happen in the TV show. No. Um, and so Joe, being himself, goes at her again um, and it's just annoying, um, especially because he's looking at her copy of the Da Vinci Code and realizing that she skipped entire passages, which is a crime in wow. his book. It's like, I thought we were reading this at the same pace together. Yep. And so when... She, like, comes back to life, a.k.a. comes out of her consciousness, um, and starts, like, beating the shit out of Joe, and he starts beating the crap out of her. Um, 
what does he do? He, like, takes a couple pages out of there and, like, puts it in her mouth or something. Like, this is the, the weirdest part of this whole fucking book. And I don't understand what, why... So, like, his his fatal blow to Beck, he goes, open up, Guinevere, and take, like, puts pages into her mouth and just, like, shoves the book, like, from his, like, pages that he ripped out into her mouth. And that's, I, what? I don't get it either. Is that how she dies? Yeah. From eating the Da Vinci Code to Dan Brown kill Beck. Dan Dan Brown is a murderer. Dan Brown is complicit in this crime. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like I, there was never a moment where there was like a like a, I don't know some other act of violence or something that would have killed her. Yeah, I It just have... looks like he was doing a weird sex thing where he was just like, yeah, let's do some fucking book play, bitch. And, like, just stuck his hand, like, stuck his fingers in her throat. And yeah, then she have... dies. <laughs> the only thing I can figure out is that before he was, like, squeezing her neck. Right. So I think it was, like, he was already... Right, like, her esophagus was just fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, I think she was already just, like, choking. Right. Um, Cutting off that. That good, that, that good, good air. <laughs> that good airflow, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But it was just, like, such a weirdly theatrical murder. It was. That's not resemblant of any murder that's ever happened, I don't think. <laughs> no. <laughs> not the one I'm no. familiar with. And then... It, especially because at the end, too, when he does this, um, there's a part, too, where it's, I don't know. He's like, I shove the pages in your mouth and your pupils slip around in your back arches. This is the sound of you dying. There are bones cracking. Where did that come from? <laughs> and that's what he says, too. He's like, where? I do not know. Don't worry about like, it. What the fuck is is this, like, a whole, like, Bella situation again? Like, is there, like, a demon baby inside of you? <laughs> Beck is just a poltergeist. <laughs> Literally. And then there's a part where it starts to, like, quote the Da Vinci Code, I'm assuming. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, but none of us read this, so what are you quoting? Right, and it's not like the Da Vinci Code has been set up previously in this book to be very important to either one of them. Literally, this was introduced two chapters ago as like a subplot or like whatever a metaphor or something. Yeah, and now it's like, oh, it's the titular line from the Da Vinci Code, and he's gonna say it a bunch of times in italics, and it's gonna mean something. Except it doesn't, because who the fuck is fuck about the Da Vinci Code? They do, and literally no one else. Yeah. So that's the end of chapter 51. And then 52, it, it just keeps getting weirder at this point. Because um, 52 goes on. Um, the, he's headed, Joe's headed to Little Compton or Elsie, as Ooh. we say it. Um, he's got Beck's body in the trunk. 
the green pillow next to him because of course um and he's headed to the middle of bumfuck nowhere um to go bury her body and he knows that nikki isn't clueless so he wouldn't bury beck on his property but he would drive to the nearby forest to bury her body um which conveniently has a wedding happening on it um which (laughs) this wedding will become incredibly important um and it happens to be the wedding of chet and rose so (laughs) fucking joe goes to bury beck's body and at the same time this wedding is happening there's a lot of important music happening during this wedding such as the music of eric clapton such as the music of the incredibly important song get lucky um and all this music is happening and making joe incredibly sad as he is burying the body of beck in this random forest in upstate new york and it's it's just great it's just wonderful it's just important (laughs) He's going through a crisis because he's like, there's, I can hear the love happening and their beautiful first dance and I'm here burying my beautiful dead girlfriend. Yep. (laughs) Who I killed. And that doesn't make it easier. (laughs) Yeah, I, listen, my life is hard too, okay? I know I killed, like, a lot of people, but I still got feelings. Yeah, and he keeps doing the thing of, like, I wonder where we would have gotten married. Right. But uh, now we can't plan it because you're dead. And he and keeps that's like, your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. Yeah. So. Yeah. And he does it again in this chapter where he's like, I will never have you. You're buried by Forest Lake near Chet and Rose. And then he quotes the Da Vinci Code again. And it's like, you just did that for the first time. You can't. Three pages ago. At the last ten pages of this novel, make this a, like a guiding moral of this book. Right. Yeah, and then he just ends the chapter being like, I don't open the shop the next day. I can't. You're dead. Wait, wait. It's your fault that I killed you. <laughs> so, the last chapter of this book, chapter 53, starts off with it a time jump. It's been three months now. And there's a big envelope that Joe has received. It's a big-ass envelope that has been sent to Joe by Ethan and by Blythe. They have gotten engaged, and they are inviting him to their wedding that is in the one, the only, Austin, Texas. The only thing that matters to me. Is that Ethan got a corporate job and they are getting married? (laughs) (laughs) That sweet baby Ethan got a business job so he could pay for a wedding with Blythe. So that they can have expensive tapes and Blythe is not going to get a real job to pay for it. That's fair. Yeah, it's pretty clear from the stationery alone that Blythe has important taste. Yeah, as she should. It's what she deserves. I agree. So it's clear from this stationery um, that Joe is very hyped up. He has 
exactly 41 days to decide on steak or fish from this wedding. Um, and he is having a panic attack about it. He is. He's hyper fixated on it. (laughs) Um, he needs to get a suit. He is like all hyped up on these details. Um, and he is very, he's very excited. Um, I did find it ironic. So he's like at the shop looking over this invitation right now. And someone comes in and is like asking him about Dr. Sleep. And I found that kind of funny because like Dr. Sleep just came out. Yeah. Um, the the movie anyways. And I just found that kind of funny that we're reading this at this time. Um, he's having lots of flashbacks still about Beck, which is understandable because he is a murderer. <laughs> So it makes sense to me that he would, like, have some guilt, hopefully. And we also find out that he is still, like, obsessed with Chet and Rose and finds himself, like, I don't know, considers himself, like, deeply connected to them, which is odd to me. I don't know. Yeah, like, what is this weird... I mean, I guess he... His best friend is delusions of grandeur, so I guess this makes sense. True. But also, like, why is this the thing you fixate on, you know? I guess when you don't have anyone else to, like, go through their phone, you need something. Right, sure. And that something is a honeymoon slideshow of their trip to Cabo, I guess? Yeah. It's just like, wow. He also just, like, decides to think about Karen Minty again, I guess. And then at the end of this chapter comes someone through the door asking about the help wanted sign that he has in the bookstore. And it is the one, the only, (laughs) the typo of a woman, (laughs) Amy Amy Adams. Back. You thought we were done with Amy Adam. We thought we were done with Amy Adam. I wholeheartedly yeah. thought that we were done with Amy Adam. For sure thought that Carolina Kepler was just like, oh, this will just be a fun thing and would completely forget about her. Yes. And just throw her away. Uh, but she's back, baby. She's here with her yes. college sweatshirt and her fraudulent credit card. Yep. And her I love Austin attitude. Yeah. What a mood. What a mood to come in and be like, hey, are you hiring here? I used to work at a bookstore. They um wouldn't let me take the merchandise home and write in it. What the fuck's up with that? I... I love her so much, I think. I think I love her. <laughs> I, I think, think so, I'm, too. I think I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> I think Amy like, Adams great. Yeah, Amy Adams singular. Don't even <laughs> question it. Um, but the fact that she's just like, yeah, man, I was fired from a bookstore because I kept stealing the books and then reading them and then writing in them. Because, of course, like, how are you going to read a book and not write in them? I love <laughs> And it's also, again, the same sort of delusional bullshit that Joe is, which is why they're perfect for each other. And so that's why at the end, she's like, do you guys hire lunatics? <laughs> and he ends the book being like, I tell her that we only hire lunatics. And she thinks I'm funny. 
She has a lilting laugh and she likes it here with me. She'll be my cashier and my girlfriend. And the next time I'm invited to a wedding, it will be addressed to Gold Joe Gold Jober. And I won't have to worry about finding a guest. You are gone forever. And she is here now. Ooh. See, Ugh. the good thing about Amy Adam is that she's not dead. So I can have sex with her. Uh. Hear me out. <laughs> Checkmate back. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> You're in ground. <laughs> that I put you in because yes. I killed you. <laughs> Funny how the world works like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, uh, we have fun in this game called Life, huh, Beck? Oh, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> Just Fuck, <kidding>. dude. <laughs> Shit. Too soon? Do you think it was intentional that Caroline Kepner introduced Amy Adam again on page 420? Oh, sick, dude. Fat rips. Yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Hell yeah, dude. Yes. Damn. And Amy Adams fucking stony baloney are you over here. Are you kidding fuck me? Fuck off! <laughs> what? Stony no. baloney? You fuck off. Can I make fun weed jokes? Is stony baloney a weed joke? Yeah. I mean, it's not like a joke, but it's like, it's what, I don't know, it's like a, a phrase. Because you're stony that sounds baloney. Like Stan- that sounds like Stanley Tucci. Is Stanley Tucci a weed joke? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm changing your name Nailed on my it. phone to Stony Baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Um, we need to talk about the acknowledgments. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Specifically, the first two sentences of the acknowledgments. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I read it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. I want to thank Joe Goldberg for demanding to be heard. Well done, Joe. Mm. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, listen. There's a lot of egregious things in this book, right? We've covered all of them. Pretty extensively, pretty thoroughly, I'd say. And we've shit on it for those reasons. But the yeah, fact we've like, that this is like... We've oh, taken she, a toothbrush to them. Right, we've, yeah. But the fact that she's just like, oh, shout out my boy Joe Goldberg. I don't think she gets it. I don't think she gets it. I don't think she gets it. Because, like, the people that defend this book and this series are like, oh... You know, you're not supposed to sympathize with Joe. He's a bad guy, obviously. You're just kind of, like, getting into the mind or whatever, getting into the psyche and, like, seeing a demented bad character, which, sure, fair arguments. Those can be applied to media about bad people all the time. It happens. Whatever. But this, this just, like, puts the nail in the coffin and it's like, fucking Joe's my homie. Are you kidding me? That guy fucking rules. And we should all just, like, you know, there's something about him. There's a charm to him that you gotta love. You can't help but love. What? And I would have had, I would have taken it as satire. Sure. I would have, I would have taken it because, like, sarcasm, satire, get it. Hey, welcome to the, welcome to the show. Sure. Yeah, hello. 
I would have, I would have accepted satire and sarcasm in the acknowledgments if it wasn't those first two sentences. Yeah. Because later on, Caroline's like, also, don't get stalked, which, like... <laughs> also, by the way... <laughs> don't be careful, get ladies. Yeah. But, like, to do that... Right. It's very much the whole, like... It, it very much comes off very Stephanie... Very EL, mm-hmm. like, this all came to me in a dream. Right. Like, fuck off. It's so first abstract of from reality that you can really just dive into it, you know? It's like, no, you're especially sending because, mixed messages is what you're doing. Yeah, especially because, like, later in the acknowledgments, she says, like, I started you after losing my father to cancer. And it's like, don't make me feel bad for you ever. Yeah. <laughs> I had to read 400 pages of this. Yeah. So, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> um, so, yikes is a thing. And yeah. now that I know that we have two more books to read. Oh, mama. Is something. And I have to know that he doesn't die. Hell yeah, dude. Fucking sick. Yeah. Is something. Can't wait to just hang um, out with my boy Joe Goldberg for the rest of time, for eternity. Um, do you want to talk about our schedule for oh, next yeah, week and I the do. next month? Yeah. So obviously, so. there's a bit of a gap between us finishing the book and the new season of you coming out on Netflix. Yeah, but don't you fucking worry. We got content. Because, folks. For once, we planned for this. We have a plan. We have a little over a month's worth of guest episodes, similar to all the guest mm -hmm. episodes we've done before, where we're talking about movies. Movies. Most of them are films, cinema. Cinema. Um, most of which are vampire related, so we're in the same universe. We're getting back to our roots. Back to our roots. But next week, we're going to talk about Charlie's Angels. Okay? Another supernatural character. Another part of the vampire cinematic universe, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Angels. <laughs> Listen, Mick G was, like, definitely a vampire, right? Like, to have created oh, for sure. that, to have done the crimes that he did. <laughs> for real had to have been um so yeah get fucking stoked for that um we'll probably post stuff about it on the internet or whatever but buckle my up. death we're gonna have a great time i'm so excited and then we're gonna jump right as soon as season two drops we'll be right back up with our new content yes baby yes i'm so excited for the people that we have lined up it's so fucking good Y'all. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even know. So I'm so excited. We literally joked last week, like, oh, we should get some guests on the pod. And then we got all the guests. Within like two hours, we were like, okay, so we're good for like a month, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're good till Christmas. (laughs) And it worked out because that is literally when you was coming back. So it works out great. We're so good. (laughs) So. 
Okay, so um, we have some patrons to thank. Um, and what I pulled for you this week for our patrons um, is 20 of the rules that Twilight actors had to follow um, in order to not get fired. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, this is an article from the Talco. Uh-huh. Otherwise known as the taco. Um, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and this was posted by Hersey Santos uh, a little over a week ago. Mm-hmm. So, Shout why don't you start us off? Rachel Gray. Ooh. Who's going to be number 20? Okay. Kiss on director Catherine Hardwick's bed. Done. <laughs> I'm there. I'm on my way. You, yeah, done. Yeah. So film that, you know, those good smooches were rehearsed on Catherine Hardwick's personal bed. Great. Done. I hate it. Uh, Shout out to Janae Jasper. Woo! Who's gonna be. Yeah. (laughs) uh, number, Number 15, deal with being micromanaged. Nice. You know, how it be sometimes. Yeah. Shout out to Kelly Beck. Woo woo woo! Who's gonna be number 14? Change I was just looking color, at that one. <laughs> even if you risk going bald, which I have a question about. Because Nikki Reed is always wearing wigs. Uh, yeah. I have questions too. I. Oh. So, what hair? Whose <laughs> hair? <laughs> Whose hair? Whose hair is this? Oh. Um. Yes. Shout out to Sophia Salinger. Ow. Who's going to be number mm, <laughs> number nine? Ditch your real graduation ceremony for a fake one. Ooh. Shout out to Aaron Salinger. Woo, 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 woo. Who's going to be number eight? Learn how to drive. No. Same. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Robert. Coming. Robert, no. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That was so well timed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, shout out to Taylor Brown Town Lauder. Salute. Braver than the Marines. Shout out to our true veteran. <laughs> Happy Veterans Day to Taylor Brown Town Lauder only. <laughs> only. <laughs> um, <laughs> who's going to be number seven? Um, and this one specifically goes out to Taylor. Keep a safe distance from Kristen. Hell yeah. Very powerful. Taylor, stay the fuck away. Hey, get away from her. (laughs) Knock it off. Fuck off. (laughs) Happy Veterans Day, but stay the fuck away from Kristen Stewart. Stay in your lane, Taylor. Jesus. All right. Shout out Katie Weber. Woo, 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 woo. Who's going to be number 19? Damn. Produce papers that prove Native American heritage. All right. Which I guess, you know, 
considering all the bad depictions of native people. <laughs> Why the fuck is this a picture of Michael Sheen? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I don't think. Hey, real quick. Why the fuck? <laughs> why the fuck? Everyone's favorite indigenous actor, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. <laughs> really quick, can you scroll down to number four for me, please? Sure can. Sure can. And look at this hot and steamy photo. Oh no! Oh no! Hold on. I. God, what is this? Why is his <laughs> hair like? I don't know. There's like smoke behind them. <laughs> and then can you scroll down to number one, please? Sure can. <laughs> <laughs> number one of Lou's dignity is me. Yeah, that's a mood. That, that should just be your header. <laughs> I know. Just the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to change it right after this. <laughs> Include the Lou's dignity part. I will. Okay. I will. I will. Amazing. Okay. Alright, so I have pulled the fanfiction for you today. Thank God. I pulled this fanfiction primarily because it had 99,377 words. And are you going to read all of them right now? (laughs) I will. (laughs) I will, yes. Um, If it was not a infringement on copyright, I would read a whole podcast. (laughs) But I do not... I understand that these people write these words, and I want to respect that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and until I get a writer to give me their explicit permission, like some of our fantastic patrons have, I will not read their whole work on here. I will stick to fair use because I don't want to get sued. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> um, so this is by Dauber17. Um, and I'm just going to quickly send you the art that goes along with this so that you can enjoy it with me um because it's not all the time that we get art but sometimes we do and it's nice to have that i do appreciate it when how the fuck do we spell your name um (laughs) um Um, it's not every day that we get art, so I like it. Oh, (laughs) God. I, listen, my career is in the toilet. Like, I can't, (laughs) I could never produce something so visually striking and so culturally important. (laughs) So, this is called, this is by Dauber17, it's called, did you get it? Yeah, I can't Oh, okay. Um, okay, so, Cody, can you describe what you <laughs> just got, please? Okay, well, I guess the fanfiction is called Dear Bella Swan, you're playing with the big boy. It is, yep, it is that. And there's just, it looks like a book cover. It's beautiful. Where it's yeah. like a light leak image of a football. <laughs> And also, you're playing with the big voices in that, like, thick, like, army font. Yeah. And then there's, like, Dear Bella Swan and beautiful cursive. It's um, yeah. poetic. The summary is, all human. One day in gym class, Forks High learns that Bella Swan can kick. 
The football team needs a kicker. The result of that, Bella makes the football team. The problem, none of the guys want a girl on their team. I, same. Um, so, again, I will reiterate, almost 100,000 words. <laughs> this was started in 2009, finished 2014. Yes, you heard that right. Five long years. <sighs> I will read all of them for you now. Most of the balls stopped after 20 or 30 feet since we were only allowed to take two steps back. Not a big running start, and because the field was caked in wet mud, that prevented the ball from rolling once it hit the ground. Some of the guys managed to kick it 20 or 30 or 40 feet. Mike and I <clears throat> were the only two people left to kick. He decided to be cocky and took one step back instead of two. When he pulled his leg back and kicked the ball, he made it look as if it was the easiest thing in the world. His ball landed a few feet ahead of Tyler's ball that had previously been the furthest kick. He had a cocky smile on his face as he sauntered towards me. I'm the place kicker for the football team. Don't worry, I'll make sure you're on my team. Mike strolled over to where Tyler was standing, most likely assuming Tyler was going to be the other captain. I grabbed a ball out of the bag and placed it on the ground in front of me. I took my two steps back and pictured Mike's head as the ball. I took my steps forward, planting my left foot beside the ball as I swung my right foot back. I kicked the ball as hard as I could and watched it as it flew in the air with a nice arch as it landed a good five feet past Mike's ball. I turned around to face the class. I snuck a glance at Mike, who was absolutely livid while everyone else had shocked looks on their faces. Alice was the first to recover from her shock. You can kick, girl. The rest of the class took a few more moments to register what had happened. The surprise on Coach Clapp's face was priceless, and it took him the longest to recover from his shock. Well, I guess that makes Michael and Miss Swan the captains, Coach Clapp stated apprehensively. Mike and I picked our teams, and the soccer game began. I may have been good at kicking, but I failed miserably at trying to play soccer. End scene. Wow. Wow. Sporty. Sporty spice. Mm -hmm. She's like totally sporty and coordinated now. I love that. A true glow up. Yeah. Who is she? I have no idea. <laughs> well, as we say in Seattle, get bit and get kicked. Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is an Earbud Media production. You can find us on Twitter at Earbud Media and listen to the rest of our shows. You can find this show on Twitter at Into the Twilight, as well as IntoTheTwilight.show. You can send us an email at IntoTheTwilightShow at gmail.com. You can also become a sponsor of the show or buy some merch at IntoTheTwilight.BigCartel.com. Our art is done by Maddie Padilla, who you can find at YourGhostToast44 on Instagram, and our music is done by Eli Krause, you can find at EliSauerKrause and KrauseFilms.com. The intro and outro is by KB Smith, you can find at kb underscore underscore smith on twitter you can find ali on twitter at into wild places and you can find me at dyke discourse you've been listening to earbud media production earbud media audio for everyone